When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, to me, is like the really fascinating material. We don't know what the answer is, but we're looking for patterns. I think we're looking at kind of a type of cosmic alchemy. The story slowly moves Still, a lot of people don't know that this technology actually exists. The possibilities here are pretty mind-boggling. We can't just believe that it scenes banter here yellow hello Augie how are you doing hey 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 I'm doing excellent it's good to speak to you again yeah good to talk to you too mm-hmm. looking forward to this yeah I think it's just like an every two year thing now where we have you <laughs> yeah. <on. laughs> yeah we schedule it every two years <laughs> yeah that's what it seems like um so uh, basically uh we're gonna do an hour with you if you're cool with that um i've got an, uh, another person i got coming on um but uh you know I, I think we can i think we could fit in a lot in an hour it usually goes pretty quickly oh yeah so um i'll just kind of bring you in um so welcome back to get Spring normal guys we are here on the main show. We just did a romper room episode, which we're going to have up for patrons. Yeah, Studio B romper room. Yep. To, uh, yep. We're getting a little more cinematic. Yeah, we got sound effects too. Yeah, you know, now. So, it, Seraphiel has quite a few <laughs> new toys going on here. But uh, we've got a guest that we had on two years ago and two years before that, uh, Aggie Nost. Aggie, welcome back to Conspira Normal, man. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it, it, it usually always is. Um, 
you know, uh, it's been a couple of years. So some people are new to the show. So if you would give kind of like your background and uh, uh, we'll, we'll just take it from there. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm living in the United States now, but I was born and raised in Europe, in Northern Europe, in Norway. I was born on a farm over there, and at the age of 25, after completing uh, military and uh, agricultural, uh, becoming an agronomist, I figured it out, that's not what I want to do. So I left and went to the United States to become a commercial pilot. And I did. I flew for a living for 23 years, had a flight school, an international air taxi, and an air carrier in Minneapolis, and uh, figured out, yeah, I've done it for 23 years, that's, that's enough. So I started doing other things, uh, researching the mind, the paranormal, and, uh, and uh, it's uh, been a ride, especially after I came down to Tucson. I ended up hosting and producing two TV shows, so uh, a lot of it on the paranormal. I've had many radio shows over the years, and uh, gosh, I don't know. Here I am. Yeah, we had you on a couple years ago, and a couple years before that. I, I can't remember everything that we covered. <laughs> it's been no. it's, it's been a while. <laughs> but uh, we we actually we actually have uh, I actually have a new co-host now, we, and uh, we're, we're, he's actually at part-time producing the show <laughs> so this ah. is seraphiel he's actually from uh from arizona yeah you yeah you're in tucson yeah cool cool yeah i'm from uh mesa mesa okay that's right up the road from me yeah yeah it's uh what do you what do you mean by uh you know how it how things change when you got to tucson are you uh experiencing some of the the mysticism of the southwest um, well, I ran into some very good people down here, cool. and uh, very spiritual people, very freedom-oriented people, and that's how I ended up with the radio, I mean the TV shows. And, uh, you know, probably Shane Eden, he uh, was here for many, many years doing TV, and he's the one that got me involved in it. Uh, of course, he's not with us anymore, but uh, there's a lot of good people in Tucson. Cool, man. And I tell you, the, um, the uh, environment here for... Uh, extraordinary learning is phenomenal okay sounds like a place we need to visit adam yeah yeah and you used to have your own kind of like a was it like a pirate radio station out there or something yeah that you uh, did? i had a radio station and that was um it was one actually that um because we researched the law and we found that uh, the fcc they don't have the authority to do what they do and we set up the radio station. We did not get a permission from um, the FCC. And, of course, you know, we expected they would come and knock on the door one day. And they did uh, twice. And uh, we sent them back with papers and they couldn't do anything. So we were on the air for 18 months. And uh, uh, there's a little bit of a story behind that because uh, the uh, we got very political in the local arena, whenever the city council or the state of Arizona did something that was totally corrupt, we jumped in the middle of it and covered it. So they hated our guts, so to speak. And we were firebombed and the place burned. But oh, man. A week later, we were back on the air again. So, well, two weeks, I think. But, um, yeah, but we were on the air for 18 months, and uh, then uh, I gave it up. I, you know, we... Uh, 
you had some internal conflicts and I figured, no, I don't want to fight this battle. So, you know, we just let it go. Yeah. How long ago was that? Did you do that? That was in 2000 and 2001. Okay. Same year that I got on the ballot and ran for Congress. Did you win? No. <laughs> I'm sure glad that I didn't win because then I... Yeah, right, right. Washington is not a place for me. I would have been dead in three weeks if I <laughs> started. What were kind of like, like your goals in running for Congress, though? Did you have like anything in mind that you were kind of trying to you know like ideas you were trying to set place because i mean some people that they run for things they don't necessarily figure they win but they like to put like issues on board you know where there's anything that you wanted to run on or well i had several issues that i was uh, more or less uh interested in that i wanted to bring forward Uh, the uh, government uh cover-up of the ufo issue was one of them Uh uh-huh and and uh, there were other things that related to privacy that I wanted to address. And, you know, you know, those kind of issues, they don't go over too well in Washington. So I'm sure I would have been very popular. So, you know, Arizona, you, you, I mean, you're obviously you're there now. But, I mean, were you there in 97 when the Phoenix Lights were going on? Uh, no, I was uh, out of the country at the time. Oh, okay. I mean, do you oh, have any... 97. No, no, that yeah. 97. That was in, I was in Omaha. I still lived in Omaha then. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? What 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 happened there? Yeah, I. Uh, it evidently was something because people saw it. And my take on Agreed. it is that uh, it could very well have been a holographic projection that was tested at night. Because huh. we know that the government has tested, uh, they've been working on holograms since the early 1960s, and they perfected it to the point where now that uh, you can uh, get a hologram that is so accurate and so good that it's hard to see the difference between that and the real thing. Kind of like a Project Blue Beam kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. It could very well have been that. What do you think the purpose of that would have been? I think more or less just uh, uh, maybe a dual purpose. First of all, perfecting what they do. And for the second, maybe uh, opening up a few more minds that would eventually lead to a form of disclosure. And uh, I think they, um, my take on the disclosure is that I don't think it's going to happen not coming from government, though there will be one, but that will be either by ET themselves or some other country that will uh, come in and say, yeah, they're here and the Americans are covering it up or however that will happen. Or we could wake up one morning with thousands and thousands of flying discs in the sky. Well, I have to to ask you because I think that this has happened since the last time I had you on. You know that uh, there are some out there. We have a good friend of the show that believes that disclosure has kind of already happened. Look at like the soft disclosure. Um, talking about like uh, Tom DeLong and uh, what's going on with him, the TTSA. Um, 
and all that, Luis Elizondo. I don't know if, you, if you're keeping up with any of that. Uh, the New York Times article that came out in December of 2017. I mean, do you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, disclosure have happened, <clears throat> not by the uh, American official government, but first of all, uh, Medvedev in uh, Moscow, he uh, said uh, at the tail end of an interview, he said, plain and simple, when we take office, it says we get a dossier. And in there, it explains the, uh, the uh, UFO and the alien issue, but we cannot talk about it because we are afraid of panic. Mm-hmm. That came right from the Russian government. Couldn't get much higher than that. Well, actually, no, you, you could if you went to Putin, but uh, uh, Putin wants to disclose it too, but he hasn't said anything about it yet. And here, the, um, the U.S. Navy have several documents where they admit that, yes, they're here, and uh, they're out there, but nobody seems to talk much about it. And in fact, there's an astronaut that said, yeah, we saw them flying right by our capsule. So... Uh, it's been there, but you know the thing is that people expect that the president's going to come on TV and say yes, they're here, but that's not going to happen. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, like the the New York Times article back in the end of 2017, I think about you know, like December, that talked about how there was this um, program that was kind of funded by I think it was like 20 million dollars, which is kind of a drop in the bucket of the federal budget. That was that was funded by the by the government. That was a um, basically admitting that you know the government it went through like Robert Bigelow, if you're familiar with him, yes, that they were looking into some of this stuff like this, um, and, and they were almost you know, the the famous like tic tac tic tac video that has come up recently mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, with the um, the ship the the in San Diego. Back in 2004, some kind of proof. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that say that that is some kind of like form of soft disclosure. Yeah, uh, it's just one more thing that is let out there for people to see you slowly raise the people's awareness to the yeah. point where that when it does happen, People are not going to panic. They're not going to throw the pitchforks in the back of the pickup truck and, you know, drive to Washington. So, no, it's going to be just a slow transition into more knowledge of what's going on behind the curtain. I think that's what they're waiting for. I want to talk to you a little bit about this uh, video that you've got coming out. And I, I, and I haven't had the chance to watch it but about the Agenda 21 and the aliens, but uh, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what we're dealing with here with aliens. I mean, are we dealing with like extra like biological entities or is there something more interdimensional going on? Like, what's your thoughts on that? It's all of that. When you ask where the aliens come from, uh, I'm not talking about the aliens coming over the border from uh, Mexico, I'm talking about the extraterrestrial sure. aliens. Yeah. Uh, they come from absolutely everywhere. Space is full of life. It could be coming from an interdimensional existence next to us in a different vibration that we cannot observe from where we are. Come from higher vibrations, and they come. They lower themselves in vibration down into our existence, where they can 
come and be observed and do things and then they uh, cloak themselves by accelerating themselves out of our vibration again and which we see many videos and pictures uh, videos of people doing that they sit in the sky and suddenly there's a flash of light and they disappear that's how it works plasma erases their vibration and we have also aliens coming from different star system a good example on that is um, uh, in back in uh, about 5,000 years ago and uh, counted generations the the um, there was some people coming from Sirius 2 visiting a village in Africa where the Dogon people lived and they have they have accounts that has been handed down from father to son from mother to daughter over generations they explain these people came from the second star of Sirius of course they didn't use the name Sirius because they didn't know the name but they pointed to that star it looks like one star and back in the 1930s nobody knew there was two stars at that spot but now we do and the Dogon people was right there is another star at that spot and they said they came there to visit with them and told them that we plan we brought you here a long time ago and they uh, taught them how to conduct a civil and um, prosperous society and how to grow things and they were with them for a while and then they left and they uh, so that's just one incident where people were visited from space and there's many others like that in with the Western Peoples and traditions, do you think that these are the same things as that were referred to as angels or maybe even demons at some point? Well, um, that gets into a little different area of uh, research because <laughs> it can border on religion. And I don't know how far you want to get into that one. <laughs> oh, as far as you want to go. Man, man we, there, there are no <laughs> limits, Augie. You can talk about whatever you want on this show. Oh, okay, well, that's, uh, you know, that you mentioned also uh, when you talked to me about this show, maybe creation. You wanted to talk maybe a little bit about that because yeah, most people yeah, say, Yeah, we, can get, in, we God, can get into that if you want. Yeah, God created us, right? Well, who's God? And more so, who created God? So there is a man that dates back to the 3rd century B.C., he translated a lot of the Sumerian tablets and um, he summarized it in a document called Enki and Ninma, that and also the, the creation of mankind. And another document, the Epic of Atra, Hasis. Uh, they speak clearly of an alien race that came to Earth 445,000 years ago and uh, they were alone on Earth digging for gold for 144,000 years. And uh, they came from another system, a star system that is orbiting our soul, our sun. And they goes in between the third, uh, I mean the fourth and the fifth planet and goes way out into space and then come back in. 
at an orbit that takes uh, 3,660 years on its orbit. Now, um, the, the work that they did when they came here to dig for gold was very hard. And uh, after a while, the workers, they uh, did a rebellion. They didn't want to do it anymore. It was too hard for them. So the uh, masters, uh, NK and crew, they created a servant worker that was smart enough to work and also dumb enough to, to not ask questions. And they remove when they created that that being. They removed the qualities of long life, and knowing what is in the other's mind. It says right in the tablets. That's how they did it. They um, they had many failed experiments in the process of creating this human that we are now. Um, the first one was actually named Lulu. It was not Adam. Lulu was before Adam, and Lulu had no facility to procreate. But uh, Lulu was hard worker in the mines, but they uh, they didn't do much work. So uh, they figured it out that they needed to make a mate for him. So they created, they altered Lulu and created another man that they called the Adam. And uh, these aliens now, which are the Anunnaki, they called themselves gods. And uh, they had angels in which they interacted with the people. See, God in the Bible and everywhere was given a meaning that it was never meant to have. And uh, because in the old Sumerian language, Ga'ad means great leader. And the word angel means messenger. So when somebody say to me that um, I had an angel come to me with a message from God, I have no problem with that. So you had a messenger coming with a message from the great leader. That sounds perfectly all right with me. I can, I can deal with that. And this creation of the Adam was done uh, quite a few thousand years later after they came here. In fact, man was created 301,000 years ago, according to the Sumerian tablets. And um, when we talk about the time back then, it's measured in, for the Anunnaki, it's measured in SARS. Uh, so one SAR is one circle around the sun for them, and that is 3,660 3, years. And, uh, of course, the only reason they came here was to dig for gold because they needed that gold for their atmosphere because on the, their planet, which is rotating around also a, a brown dwarf, uh, in our solar system, uh, that planet was losing the upper area of its atmosphere for some reason. So they needed a shielding at the upper atmosphere. So they uh, found out that gold would be a good shielding for that. So they came here to dug uh, and dug gold for a long time and funneled it back to the planet and implemented into their upper atmosphere, it's probably as a dust mm, or something. Let me ask you this. Um, yeah. <clears throat> 
Where are you getting some of this information? From reading the Sumerian tablets, and I really recommend for uh, everybody out there, get your hands on some of that reading, especially the Epic of Atrahasis. That uh, will open your mind up because that is uh, an explanation as well as a great straight translation from the Sumerian tablets. Is this from the Zechariah Sitchin stuff? No, Zechariah Zach- Sitchin done a phenomenal amount of work. There are some things in his, I read them, the, the books that he okay. wrote, and there are some interpretations that he has that I think came out of his mind and may not be totally accurate. But uh, then again, you know, who am I to say? But well, uh, that's my opinion. There, there are some challenges to the Zachariah Sitchin material. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with, with Dr. Michael Heiser. Um, are you familiar uh, with him? Does that name no, sound familiar? Well, he uh, he's a uh, biblical scholar. Um, he's also an expert in uh, Sumerian and Akkadian. Um, well, I think Akkadian. I'm not sure if anyone's really an expert in Sumerian, but at least the ancient Semitic languages. And he has said that um, he, he really brings a challenge to Sitchin and some of that material. I, I, I don't know, uh, like you're not familiar with him, so, but yeah, um, uh, but he does bring some some um, some challenge to that. Yeah, and he's not the only one. Uh, <clears throat> I know some others, but um, the thing yeah. is that if he's a biblical scholar, that is one mark against him right there. Because I just happened to read the notes from the meetings in Constantinople, Turkey, or Nicaea at the time, from the first meetings. Uh, for in 325 and 326 when the first draft to the Bible was written. Are you talking about the Council of Nicaea? Yes. Okay. And uh, the the meetings there, they were not spiritual or religious meetings. They were political meetings because Emperor Constantine, he told 223 people, go to Nicaea, create a religion that will unify my empire and do not emerge before you have done so. Because uh, Constantine was looking at the Jews, and they were so harmonious. They never fought among themselves. They were all supportive of each other. And he wanted that for his empire because he was buried in wars everywhere. Well, and the Bible was created. Wasn't Christianity already around, though? Are you, oh, are yeah, you saying yeah. that Christianity, I mean, was... Because, because the way I see it with Constantine... Is that he, they kind of co-opted Christianity, but I don't know if it necessarily doesn't make Jesus real or, or unreal. Well, the thing is, when they met at the meeting in 325, they went through for the next two years. They went through nine thousand scrolls well, of yeah. the ancient writing. They picked and chose from these things and rewrote the scroll, burned the original. And they wrote it in such a way that served the purpose of the emperor as well yeah. as crediting whatever was said in the older scrolls to either this Yahshua or uh, whatever, you know, God. Well, well, we know that there was 
religious engineering going on, obviously, and Constantine yeah. probably was looking at everything really cynically. But I think Adam was just saying that the, but there had been been a you know surfeit of these of these religious organizations even before that. I mean, it, it totally it totally predates, even though that that was a you know a state effort. But biblical scholars too are just people who look at um, the time period from uh, you know objective historical standpoints. It doesn't you know should be a mark against them. Well, that's. Um... The old records, I, I, in writing my book, uh, Universal Consciousness, Higher Conscious Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness, in doing the research for that book, I found old surviving Roman records that show that this man, that supposed, you know him as Jesus, but his real name, actually, in his wanted poster, he had three names, uh, Yahshua Beth Halachme, which was his Hebrew name, uh, he bought land outside of Rome in the year 20, I mean, 63. So, uh, according to that, he didn't die on the cross. Now, this is something I've never heard. Yeah. There was uh, a... His wanted poster actually uh, survived uh, because uh, once the Romans found out that this man was out there talking against the Roman, trying to um incite the people in Judea to raise up against the Roman and drive them out of Judea. You know, of course, you know, they didn't like that too much, so they arrested him and uh, did unspeakable things. But uh, in the wanted posters, there is three names for him listed. And uh, they also, what he looked like was listed. So uh, Did he have long hair? Uh, no. <laughs> and a beard. It, it, there is two schools of thought on what he looked like. I am going with the appendix to one of the Dead Sea Scrolls instead. And uh, that's the one I'm relying on. Because in the wanted poster, I think the Jews were trying to protect him and gave the Romans the wrong description of what he looked like. Because he was short, according to the wanted poster, short of stature, hunched over, and bald. Kind of, kind of sounds like me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally different than what it says in one of the uh, the scripts that came out of the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls. And of course, you know that uh, about close to about forty percent of the Dead Sea Scrolls are classified. You can't get your hands on it. So that's one of the things that was leaked uh, years and years ago before they clamped down on it. They explain him different, but uh, that's a. Uh, so different. Do you think that this uh, this idea that we've been in contact with some kind of other race does is that something that shows up in all kinds of religious traditions throughout the whole world? Oh, absolutely. I would think so. Yeah. What are some of the fact, besides Mesopotamia? Are there other ones that really stand out to you? Well, yeah, like the uh, the Rama Empire in India, they talk about the uh, people coming from the sky and. Uh, uh, Native Americans talking about them. So, uh, yeah, I think there are many different places around the world. Interesting. There is uh, artifacts, of course, you know, that there are statues all over the world showing this little gray with big eyes, slanted eyes. And why, why do we think that they made these statues without having actually seen them? So, do you think people have been seeing greys for a long, long time? 
Yeah, the greys are the worker bees, and they were whenever the yeah. uh, alien species come around, very often they have the the greys with them, or they are the only ones on the ship so, that people see. Yeah. I know you believe in a multitude of beings that are interacting with us, but as far as the greys, what are some other details about them that you think they the purposes they serve and the purposes uh, we may have to them? Well, uh, there is a. There's a book coming out of the KGB in Russia, and of course the U.S. Navy has one too, but they have 57, I think, different species identified. And the Russians have 66 or 67 different species identified. So this includes like the Nordics and the reptilians and all that, all that stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, they talk about where they come from and what their intentions are. So uh, some of them are friendly and uh, some of them are not so friendly. They don't mean that they necessarily will come here to, you know, do away with us, but they yeah. come here for their purpose. Yeah. Not for our purpose. What purposes do we serve to them? Yeah. We, are, oh, are, are, they, are they like feeding on us like emotionally or, like or they just need the resources. psychically or something? Like what are they? Or are they just mining? Yeah. What are they doing? Well, I think some of them actually do feed on our emotion because they are yeah. higher vibratory species, that interdimensional species that come down here from a higher vibration and they uh, hang around the physical just to feed on the emotion. Negative emotions is what power them. Yeah. Uh, the people from the Raconas, they are supposed to be those kinds of species. So uh, it's how, how they... Uh, gain power by coming here and they feed on fear and whatever else negative vibrations might be i suppose so that's the mm -hmm. more interdimensional beings but then there's yeah. physical beings and they're a lot of them been more mining for gold and metals and elements i don't know if i don't know if they come here for that anymore because uh yeah. you know you can see in south africa you can see all these mining shafts everywhere around the country they uh, they go uh, and you can see that the shafts are uh, some of them are a little bigger they uh, you know the anunnaki is nine to twelve foot tall so you can see that the shafts had to be bigger and they are bigger so uh, they're so we're yeah. kind of just, we're like an old mine or just kind of busted and there's nothing else good. They just moved on. Yeah, maybe they just exhausted the um, gold out of South Africa and uh, <laughs> I guess they left the diamonds behind. Earth is just like a, a abandoned mine. Well, yeah. I mean, if That's you think about cool. the way we we treat it, I yeah. mean, it's not the same way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, no difference. You know, um, let's talk about this your video let's talk about aliens and agenda 21 uh, what's the connection between the two well um the question is who is running the show on earth is it the uh club of rome or is it the uh bankers or who do they get orders from yeah and who is I mean, even for the untrained eye, it seems like Earth is being terraformed for a species that no longer needs oxygen. So uh, the, my question is, who's giving the orders to some of these corrupt government officials that is executing them? 
See, uh, that's where Agenda 21 comes in. It comes out of the United Nations Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro in 1992, where 178 nations, they adapted this 350-page document describing how they're going to install a one-world militaristic government where you will have no rights, just privileges, uh, where the... Um, Unelected body of bureaucrats will be setting down the rules for you to live by and micromanaging every facet of your life. Kind of like now. It's interesting. We so, were just talking today. Uh, we recorded another little romper room episode where we were just talking, having a Available for Patreons. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about China and how like China kind of seems like this, this testing ground for all these uh, just... They have cities that are entirely uh, closed, uh, control grid, you know, absolute lockdown, cameras inside of people's homes, uh, you know, checkpoint face scanning. And it's, it, do you think China is kind of like a, a, a testing for this kind of dystopian vision? Well, that kind of sounds like London to me. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of places who we're, we're actually, I feel like we're kind of, uh, there's a lot of cameras around, but I feel like us in the States are kind of more uh, yeah. behind. Yeah, we're, we're a little bit it behind. Might be harder but London, to put it on this, have, yeah. London have over 2 million cameras. Oof. Yeah. Well, that but CCTV, agenda, right, yeah. Yeah, but see, Agenda 21 goes a lot further. They will also be following the guidelines of the International Conference on Population and Development. That was uh, in uh, Cairo, Egypt in 1994, where 182, I think, countries participated. And they decided that world populations is out of control and that the ideal population of Earth must be around 800,000. And every effort, I'm going to repeat this one, every effort must be done to reach that goal by 2021, which they now have made 2030, because they're failing on 2021. That means murder off 90% of the people on Earth, or somehow they're using it, manage the population down to 800,000. They're managing it. Of course, you know, they're not going to kill anybody. I mean, that would be hard because we're at, what, 7.5 billion right now? Yeah, yeah. So that means that, like, killing a lot of people. Oh, no, no, they're not going to kill anybody. They're going to manage the population down to 800,000. <laughs> it's going to take some time, right? I mean, that's you know, longer than 2030. Well, the thing about it is that they're managing it pretty well. So far, they've, they have been failing at it, but they're managing with chemtrails, with new diseases that is coming out just about every year. And uh, you have uh, Monsanto. They're doing a good job at polluting people to the point where they are, should be dying off. It's just that they don't do it. So I think they've, they've been, been more successful like socially people just aren't having kids and so yeah i think social engineering has really been the most profitable if you think there is a concerted effort uh to do that then uh but that's not working in the third world though no but yeah, when, yeah. when any country becomes developed this is what will happen and that that's the thinking yeah
And then, of course, you know, we have uh, rather South America and, uh, you know, the stupidity of the uh, Catholic Church. You know, they don't talk about, uh, you know, family management. That is, that's not in their vocabulary. So, uh, you know, the people that can't afford it, they have 18 kids. I mean, what's the sanity in that? Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. But... So the aliens are, I mean, they're, they're, they want to terraform the planet. That's kind of what we're, what we're thinking here. Or? Well, I think that is one underlying thought, because if you look at what's happening, the, um, uh, the pollution everywhere, uh, it's probably not planned all of it, except for the, by default because of greed and profit and so on but on the other hand there is somebody at the top and i know that because i have a friend over in europe he is working in a northern european government and he told me that there is certain people in government in high-ranking positions in government that has been promised immortality if they do what they are told with social engineering. Now, there's two ways to do that, of course, the uh, immortality. One of them is uh, by downloading all the knowledge in your brain into a computer chip, place that in an Android, and you will live forever. Unless that, you know, the Android step in front of a bus. Same thing with you. I mean, you just so, download it into another Android, right? Yeah, that, yeah. They, can't, they have the technology to do that now. So we, we have the technology to make, um, like, physical androids. Like, we could do uh, it. Like, we could transfer someone's consciousness to, like, an android. Uh, not consciousness, but total memory. Yes. Total memory, okay. So it would yeah. fall short of actually being a, a, a real human being with his, with his consciousness. Oh, Absolutely. But there, there is another way to immortality, or at least theoretically it is. And that is because of in 2009, three doctors were given the Nobel Prize for discovering an enzyme that reverses the aging process. And I know that works because I'm doing it and it's working for me. So this is one of the things I write about in my book there about spiritual science, where uh, I explain how this can be done and how I'm doing it. So this is one of the things that they also can do, but it's not commonly talked about or known, because we, why doesn't medical science talk about this much? Because you can imagine what would happen to Social Security and pension programs if people quit dying, right? Well, I'd hope they would raise the retirement age, at least. <laughs> to like three, yeah. 365, you can retire. Yeah, there you yeah. go. But on the other hand, too, what, what if some of us, you know, get retirement age and we kind of say, hey, I want to, I worked hard all my life until I'm 65 now and enjoy myself. We should be able to do that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. But on the other hand, and of course, I will never retire because retire to what? I'm having so much fun now that I will never retire from this. Yeah. But 
the thing is that these people in high-ranking positions in government, they have accepted the offer because my friend over there, he had the offer and he turned them down. Are we talking so, about like the Club of Rome here? Are we talking about like the real elite people, like uh, the Illuminati? I mean, what are we... Well, it's because he held, uh, he did, he held a very high-ranking uh, uh, government position. So he was given the offer of immortality. So he turned him down, and of course, what happens normally after that is that you lose the next election and you're gone. Because they don't want people that is not with them in yeah. the power. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So, so if I'm, so... Just to get this straight, so they're using Agenda 21, the, I guess, the aliens or these beings are using these people to implement this by giving them some kind of immortality. And then um, they're also terraforming the planet to where we don't have an oxygen atmosphere. Well, they could perfectly well be nitrogen breathers. So they would just have to increase the oxygen, increase the oxygen, the nitrogen, decrease the oxygen, and that's yeah. all they would have to do. It could happen. Uh, we don't know all of the kind of species that are out there. There yeah. may be planets where there are no oxygen whatsoever, but there are entities and sentient beings there that breathe or are, exist in a different way. How do we fight back from something like this? Like, where do, how does that uh, how does that manifest? Well, uh, I have a, a thought on that, and that is that we may not be able to outfight them, but we can outthink them. Okay. And because you know, outfight them is tough because they usually have bigger guns than you do, and more of them. Yeah, I would assume but, they have like better technology, right? So, yeah, they would and, have. Uh, that's what the you know the governments are for. Uh, it's the criminal syndicate that run the place because they you have to agree to their terms, so they will put you in prison. They will put away everybody that do not agree to the point where they become a danger to their society, yeah. their society, not necessarily yours, but. Outthink them, that could mean something totally different. And I'm in the process of putting together a mastermind group that we're going to be dealing with very shortly here. And uh, I would love for anybody to be part of it. Just uh, come to uh, www.broadcastteamalpha.com and go to the uh, contact page and give us your email address and we'll get in touch when we open the doors on it. That is uh, one of our radio shows. But see, the thing is that the mastermind is so powerful because I think you may have heard about what Art Bell did on a radio show 20-some years ago when uh, there had, been, had not been rain in Texas for three, four yeah. months. Uh -huh. Everything dried up. And he went on the air and uh, he said to the listeners, visualize rain over Texas. Later that night and during the day, the next day, there were thunderstorms all over Texas. 
brush fires went out. There were water to the cattle again, and the towns that ran out of water, they got water again. This was, the weather forecasters came out and said, we're dumbfounded, this shouldn't happen because in none of the computer models were there any moisture that could create this rain. They didn't understand it, but I did. That was the power of the mind. The unity of mind of millions of people got together. And we can do that. We can do it again. So that's that, what I want people to be part of. You, you think that that is what it will take? I think that's what it's going to take. And Do there are people already working on it. Look what happened in the last presidential election. People got together, they were sick of the corruption in Washington, and there was a change. So, so we changed things. I mean, the election of Donald Trump, did that change what was going Has that Has that helped to prevent this? I, is Donald Trump anti-alien? Well, I know that uh, uh, had the his major opponent gotten into office, we would have been deep in a World War III right now because she promised us that. She said she would bomb Syria. Uh -huh. Guess what? Syria has a mutual defense treaty with Russia. Of course, Nothing we, of course Trump's there. bombed Syria a couple of times, but I guess that's kind of been limited. Yeah, that's very limited. Yeah. But he had actually the agreement with Putin to do it. Yeah. So but you so you think really what this is about is that anything that serves the purpose of total apocalypse serves the colonizers. Well, we don't really know yet. But there is something there is pointing in a direction that the whole thing is being guided. But that's the ideal situation. For the colonizers is is a dead planet, nitrogen-based atmosphere. And I'm sure that they uh, have the technology to clean it up pretty fast so that uh, it wouldn't uh, in a few years maybe, I'm guessing. But, you know, they could have cleaned up the ocean and uh, be back to where they would be comfortable living here possibly. But, but I'm you, just theorizing on that one. But that you, could you be think it. they have to get rid of us though? Right, and a nuclear war would be a very good way to do it, right? right? Yeah, except for the fallout, you know, then, yeah, that would be a way to do it. But I think more so, people will but do away with But they could be resistant themselves. to radiation. I mean, that's possible. Yeah, but yeah. I think the easier ways to do it than that, you know, that's just uh, one big EMP over the United States, and 90% uh, of the people will be dead in two years. Why are we in the way yeah. to them good point. their goals, though? What what makes us in the way? I don't know. Maybe it's not our planet in the first place. You know, maybe we just infested it, and maybe they want it back. I, I'm just guessing. Like they were here first. Yeah, they were actually. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, because Hillary didn't get into office, are we? Uh, did that did that change things for for them? I mean, oh yeah, it changed very much. So okay, but in the long run, we're still waiting for some changes. So you know, we uh, just yeah. gotta wait and see how it develops.
but what you think basically like more more nationalism uh, stands up against some kind of some kind of globalism, some kind of world order type of direction. Mm-hmm. But any nationalism is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think to um, if there's a good nationalism, you know, look at Germany in 1938. That was nationalism, but that didn't end up too good. So it's got to sure. be, even if there's a dictator, like it, it is in some countries, there are good and there are bad dictators. Are, no, uh, no, I'm sorry. I won't agree with you there. I don't believe in dictatorships. Yeah, that didn't, <laughs> That's a, that didn't come out that, too well. Yeah, okay. No, no, but there are, you can look at some dictators and there's horrible in those countries, but um, there are... There are beneficial some, aspects. So, I mean, there are beneficial aspects that have existed in history. Yeah. To certain dictators. The, I agree. Yeah. If one dictator came up and said... I am the dictator, and you will live under freedom. Will you conduct your affairs, and you will not infringe on anybody's rights or property? Somebody came out and with a dictate like that. I'll be all for it. it hasn't happened yet, but I would be for that. I, I guess if they did it kind of like the ancient Romans did it, right? You know, Cincinnatus, you, you know, you're the dictator for a year, and then you go back to your farm after that. I mean, I'm I might be okay with that i i guess it's just i don't know human nature just if you look at the track record of dictators i mean that's, not very good. that's not very good yeah no. well are, are there any countries that um stand in the way of this agenda yeah russia russia is the only reason that we haven't had world war three yet yeah. So so they are actually preventing World War Three from happening. Yeah. And I think both uh, our president and Putin are working together on that. Because uh, from what I hear... So there inside, is collusion, just in a good yeah, way, there right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> collusion for the good, so to speak. Uh, because I hear from the White House that uh, Putin and him, they're talking on the phone every week or so, and they laugh and have fun and talking to each other. Yeah. But so, uh, but that's yeah. kind of like, that's, that's, that's for the good, because that'll prevent the ultimate goal of Agenda 21 from happening. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it gets complicated. I mean, when you get yeah. I, the uh, how is China involved? Is China involved in any of this? I think China is is non-religious officially, yeah. Yeah. and they are only about money and the welfare of their own people. Yeah. And uh, if that, if we serve that purpose for them, they're going to work with us. And we do that because we are one of the biggest customers. Yeah. Well, we kind of have this, like, intrinsic relationship with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And the thing about it is, too, that if you can ask any futurist, ask him what's going to happen in 2030. 2040, every one of them will tell you that by 2030, 
uh, at least by 2040, well over half to three quarters of the jobs in the world will be done by robots. So what in the world do we need people for? Yeah, well, that's that kind of actually does worry us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's, yeah. So do you think that that's by design, too, that you know, this is part of the Agenda 21 and the... The, terra- the terraforming and that that's what's going to happen? That's their goal. And there is some uh, conflict between the numbers, actually, uh, the uh, 800,000 I was talking about. And then yeah. the, um, the 300,000 uh, more than the Georgia Guidestone says, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was saying. 500,000 yeah. on the Georgia Guidestones. And yeah. uh, so uh, it's hard. Maybe they just <laughs> changed their mind. Where did the Georgia Guidestones come from? Well, nobody really knows where it come from. The guy that came there and paid for it and had it set up, he gave them his name, and they thought they RC knew who Christian? it was. Yeah. Yeah, but uh-huh. after that uh, was all put up, he disappeared. Nobody can find him anymore, and now nobody knows the origin of it. You know, the Georgia Guidestones, you know, it's written in eight languages and four of them on the top that is written in uh, Babylonian, yep. Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphics. Yeah, it's kind of so like a Rosetta expect, Stone kind of, yeah. Yeah, they expect those stones to be around for a while. Yeah. Well, I, I think that it was put where it was because of the, they figured that if, you know, there was a nuclear strike on Atlanta, it would be mm-hmm. that much further away to where it, you know, because they, they really felt like it would jumpstart civilization again. Whoever it yep. was that built yep. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it, I. Let's. I want to get you on this subject because this is something that I've been uh, thinking about it for a while, and that's um, reincarnation. Oh, does this fit in kind of with the same kind of context? I mean, are we are we reincarnated as human souls? Can we be reincarnated as I mean, for lack of a better word, aliens? I mean, what where where, well, where can this go? Uh, in order to get re- reincarnated, first first you got to die, right? Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I think though that uh, there's some misconceptions about that because. Uh, there, the YouTube and the internet and pictures everywhere of ghosts. So, who are they? Yeah, they are the ones in the lower spiritual world that is trapped there. Some of them may not even know they're dead, but uh, the ones that has probably say died. Of course, my take on that is that there is no such thing as death. There is only change. You walk into a different room with different players and sure. different things. I would agree with you. Yeah, and uh, once you go through the tunnel, and there very likely will be one if you are at least a little bit awake to the spiritual world, you'll find that tunnel. Uh, I would say good luck to the atheists. I think when you die, you're you're gone. They might be the ones that end up in those lower areas, walking around not knowing they're dead. But uh, once you make it through the tunnel, there's a re-education process and a re-evaluation of what you have learned and what you did. So in form kind of a judgment, yeah, there is a judgment day, but you are the judge. This evaluation are done with a few higher spiritual entities. They call themselves the guardians of the soul. 
and on the basis of what you have learned and uh, if you completed what you came and created this earth for in your existence, you will decide if you would go back and maybe accomplish something or try something new or learn more. And if you do, there's a master plan for what your new life situation or incarnation is created for you. And uh, this is entirely according to your own wishes, and that is free will. Do you stay and, a human being? Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to come back as a ra jackrabbit in Africa. I don't think that. I think you're going to probably come back as a human being. Is there a post-human being evolution to your uh, spiritual te cycles? Technically, uh, the way I saw it is that you can choose your time in this Earth situation. You can go into the past and reincarnate, or you can reincarnate, in fact, into the future. If you have created the future in your mind beforehand, you can walk into it and continue that creation. So it's kind of like a co-collaborative co yeah. effort between your future reincarnations? Yeah. But th this master plan they are creating, f uh, not for you, but you are creating with them, uh, we must also remember that outside of the physical, in the higher spiritual realms, time and space does not exist as we know it. The past, present, and the future is just sitting there in that soup of potential creation. And the, there is no distance between the past and the future. So our lifetime outside of the physical could be only a split moment. So when we decide on, before that panel, so to speak, uh, if we're going to go back and have another lifetime, we go and we do it. Here it seems like 80, 100, 120 years, but there it is just a short moment and you come back and you do another reevaluation. Like you went to just one class. Yeah. And this is what I this is why I recommend for people start looking into and maybe studying astro travel. Because if you do and you can get out there, you can meet some of those entities that is out there and it is an incredible experience. So in addition to the what you think are negative entities uh, affecting us in our politics on planet Earth, there are entities we can ask for the help of on the Absolutely. spiritual plane that will help us in our actions here as well? Yeah. Absolutely. But that's why prayers don't work. Uh, yeah, people say, oh, sure, my prayers work. Yeah, but uh, what did you pray for? Uh, steak dinner? But the thing is, a prayer, you got to talk to the ones you are praying to. And if you are praying for something in the physical, that means asking somebody for a favor. That Words can be understood. When you are speaking something to something outside of the physical, words are worthless. There's another language that is vivid, colorful pictures, emotion, love, gratitude for already having what you ask for. These kinds of things is the language of the spiritual world. And that's what you have to do in order to get prayers to work. All right. Yeah.
that's something to think about. Yeah, we've we've really run the run the gamut here from the uh, material to the <laughs> astral. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but um, see, the thing is that the universe we live in has no limitation. The only limitation it has is the one we put on it. Because we live in a mind-created universe. Quantum physics has told us that. And there are experiments showing that a future event can reach back into the past and alter the past. So, with other words, time and space is not like Newton told us. Do there you... is no time and space. It's only in the mind. We create our whole existence around us. And whatever we allow to dwell in our mind the most, that is what we're going to have in our life. Would you say then that you identify with hermeticism? Some, yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of what you just said comes from that idea of yeah. the mind of God, or, or better, a better word is just consciousness, that consciousness yeah. creates the universe. And uh, that's why I'm saying that most of the universe doesn't even exist because it doesn't exist and it is, until it is being observed or thought of. Is that like a Heisenberg uncertainty principle? Yep. What about parallel universes? Do parallel universes exist? Absolutely. There are... Um, even quantum physics talk about that. Uh, in fact, even uh, Stephen Hawking said he found nine parallel universes or other universes, I think he called it. Uh, but he also said if he extended the equation, he probably would find more. And I don't think I found him to say that more than once. So I think he should, of course, you know, we... We lost him, so we lost a great mind there. But others that follow in his footsteps, they should extend the equation and they will find more universes too. Some of them are parallel to us and some of them extend up higher than us in vibration and extends into the more plasmatic light uh, specter. And then there are some that is lower than us that is not very, well, good to be at. Uh-huh. In fact, the lower astral worlds, time and space as we know it, actually exist there too. Because that's where the ghosts are trapped. They uh, can't get out of there and they don't know how to think themselves out of there. Right, because they're, they're like at a lower vibration than we are. Yeah. Could, could some of these beings, these, these aliens, so to speak, I mean, could they become from parallel universes? Absolutely, yeah. They come from everywhere. Parallel yeah. universes, higher universes, other planets. Yeah. And they tell us that for the people that have met with them and been abducted or invited to go on the ship. They, uh, they're told that. Yeah. So, do you think that this, um, this connection that the elites of the world have with these uh, more negative deities, do you think this is some kind of, uh, or intelligences, aliens, whatever you want to call them, do you think this is some kind of tradition that's that's very old, uh -huh. that's handed down from the, the dawn of civilization, at least in Mesopotamia? 
Well, it kind of appears that way, reading the Sumerian tablets at least, and some of the uh, the Vedic, uh, you know, there were atomic explosions in India, that the ground is still radioactive, and that they say that they think that it happened somewhere between uh, probably nine and 12,000 years ago. So there were higher technologies back then. And in the Sumerian tablets, they talk about people coming from space and they came here to dig gold and they created us as a worker bee. And we were not created out of the goodness of their heart. We were created as a slave to work in the mines. And then we got away from them. We got so many of us that they had to leave. And uh, I think they created us for their purpose, not for our purpose. This division between races and nations and stuff, it's, uh, it is, it's bad for mankind because we should be able to get along and people would get along. People don't go to war, governments do yeah. for profit and power. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, for sure. So, I mean, you, you've got the, the the bad aliens, obviously, that want to take over the world, terraform it through Agenda 21. But you've got to have, at least there's got to be a, a counter to that, right? So are the good aliens, are they there to kind of like make sure that we all come together as one people eventually? Well, there is an influence in that direction also, seems like. And um, um, there seem like there has been an effort by flying disks to make sure that there is no ex atomic explosions in space. I've seen one video where there were, uh, it was a rocket that was shot up and had a nuclear device on it, they were going to explode it in the higher atmosphere, the edge of space. And there was this ship that came up next to it and shot a beam right at the tip where the nuclear warhead was, went around on the other side of the rocket, shot another light beam at it, it shot it four times. And then the uh, rocket quit and it fell down and did not explode. So they somebody was trying to do an EMP, but... they I don't think they really knew at that time what an EMP was, because this was back in the early 1960s, I think. Gotcha, and, uh, okay. They didn't, you didn't know what it really could do, I think. Yeah. But, so uh, this, you, you, you hear about this, where um, flying, flying disks come down and prevent the nuclear, um, I guess, launch, or they mess around with nuclear missile silos and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that, that's, that's, you know, that's, you, you and that's real. heard about that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely real. So then the, the, when we pretty much got, we're, we're kind of like in a, in a cosmic war kind of basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, I'll tell you one thing that you could have fun with. Uh, if I told you how you could see UFOs every time you go outside, wouldn't that be nice? Yes, please. Yeah, we'd like to please. know. All right. Get your hands 
on a fourth generation night vision goggles. Those night vision goggles will see higher up into the light specter than what your eye can. And if you take those and go outside at night or right after the sun walked down when it's still dark, dusk, uh -huh. point it into the sky and I will almost guarantee you, you will see lights, strange light, you will see cigars, you will see triangles, you will see any kind of goofy looking spacecraft. There is a traffic jam up there and you can see them because night vision are able to pick up the light that comes from this cloaked ship that is uh, either at a higher vibration or in a shield. The, the reason we know this happened is because during the war, uh, the last one over in Iraq, the soldiers was given the fourth generation night vision goggles and sent out on patrols and they came back with complaints and say, hey, what's the story here? We see people and when we take the night vision goggles off, they're not there anymore. So they were like seeing, seeing people on the ground. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, the officers, they pulled all the night vision goggles in and they, they confiscated them and they let the officers have them only because they didn't want that among, you know, the words to come out. Okay. But uh, they're, they're a little expensive. But if you go to some auction sites for electronics and stuff, you, uh, uh, they, they could be four to $6,000 for one uh, set of those. But I've seen Oh, I've got that laying around, Augie. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, that's, you know, that's, real that's, lucrative here that's, that's a day's wage for me. Yeah, there you go. But I've seen them down to $800 on auctions. Yeah. To see UFOs, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, of course... You have the, the Tesla spirit radio. That is how you can communicate with extra, uh, mostly disembodied entities. And uh, Tesla wrote about that and he said it scares the daylight out of me. He created it and he didn't want to use it anymore. Is there, are there blueprints how to make one? Uh, yeah, there's the blueprints on the internet. Uh, Google Tesla Spirit Radio, and oh, you'll have an iPhone. In fact, you can buy them for probably about seventy, eighty dollars. What? Or you can get a schematics and buy it, uh, make it yourself for about fifteen. I'm a shortwave. Do you have one? So I'm pretty obsessed. No, I don't. Uh, I've thought about it, but I don't have any time to build one, and I'm not smart enough, I guess. Oh, okay. I mean, would you use it if you had one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think I'm going to buy one tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah th those can be kind of fun, actually. But the thing is that it's not a toy. Because when you make a contact with someone out there, they're going to attach themselves to you a little bit. They're going to come back and say, hey, talk to me again, talk that, to me that, again. Yeah, because they, That's what the they ham world that. is like, man. Yeah, but if you engage... Sounds like a Ouija board. No, not that kind. Yeah. That's different. That only brings in the negative entities, seems like uh, hardly uh, much positive coming out of that. But these, you can find people and make contact with people and you can hear their voices, clearly the words. And um, you can actually be able to trans transfer messages from these entities to some relatives that needed the message or something like that. You can really have a lot of fun with it. 
and also help the people on the other side. Tell them you don't have to be there. Find yeah. a light and go right in the middle of it. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that does sound remarkably helpful. Yeah. Well, Serfiel, did you have any questions? Uh, no, like I said, we kind of went uh, from the Ruta to the Tuta, as we say down here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we ran over a little bit. Oh, it's yeah, that's all good. Um, we uh, where where can people find you, Augie? Uh, where can they uh, where, where can they find the latest uh, the latest video and uh, some of your other uh, stuff? Uh, the the latest video that deals with the aliens and Agenda Twenty One. It is a phenomenal video. I was sitting in the chair for five hours talking, and they took two hours of that and created a. Uh, uh, a video where I explain the problem, but I also explain the solutions. And that is, uh, you can go to Amazon, they have it, or just Google Aliens and Agenda 21, and you will find it. Okay. And uh, otherwise, I do three radio shows, and uh, one of them is at uh, www.broadcastteamalpha.com. And we do videos there, and uh, of course, I, I uh, just... Just get in touch with me on uh, Facebook and places, and uh, you know, we can stay in touch. Okay. Well, excellent. Um, I think we're done with this segment. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, yeah, man. Yeah. Nice one, to meet you. One more thing I yeah. want to mention. That, sure. is, that book I mentioned, Spiritual Science, Higher Conscious Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. It is not just a, uh, it's not a novel. It's, uh, it's the real thing. And it teaches you how to use your mind in ways you have never been taught before. You can do some amazing things once you start understanding what you are and what your capabilities are. Anything from astral travel. And in the last chapter of it, I talk about how people can actually do time travel. And uh, I have photographic evidence on my website about that. Maybe I should give that website out. Oh, uh, you, you got to tell yeah, us a little bit about this. Yeah, it's www.aage-nost.com. So, so have you done this, this type of time travel? Well, I uh, have uh, some photographic evidence of the two pictures next to each other on page eight in the picture gallery where I have okay. 4,900 pictures of strange stuff. And uh, the two pictures are actually at the same time, but they are different. And it's the same image on them. But in one of them, the uh, there's a story behind. You can actually read the story on the... Uh, uh, on the in the photo gallery, it explained very well. I did an experiment. I took a picture, uh, actually through the internet from my computer to a, a newspaper video camera in Europe, and uh, quite a few hours later, I took another picture where I did a mind experiment, and I brought myself tried to bring myself back to the exact same time as I took the first picture. Uh, I, I missed it by a minute and five seconds, but I got close. In one picture, a tree right in the front has leaves on it, and the other picture, the, the tree has no leaves on it. And the, one of them, there's heavy rain, the other one has no rain, but it's only one minute apart. And there's some story to that. Besides, 
Uh, I have an electronic device that I've had some very strange experiences with. And uh, in 2003, BBC Television came over to the United States and did a TV documentary on time travel. And they interviewed Michio Kaku and Green and uh, another theoretical physicist and myself. And I demonstrated my electronic device on that uh, BBC Television uh, documentary. Do you know if that's on YouTube or anything? Yeah, it is. Uh, no... Come to think of it, I you may have to uh, call it Time Trip. It's the title of it, and you may be able to find it. I, I haven't looked for, gosh, a long time, but um, it's somewhere. You, you should be able to find it. Oh, okay. at, least, at least through BBC Television. I'm sure they still have it on their website. Okay. Well, very interesting stuff. And thank you so much for coming on. Um, stay on the line for us and we're just going to close this section out guys we'll be back uh we're going to do a two guest uh, show tonight so we'll be back on conspiracy normal Well, guys, we've got um, a listener on the line that um, Jedediah from Indiana, and he raises goats, and he listens to Conspiracy Normal, and uh, we want to welcome him to the show, man. And metal. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, just out of curiosity, dude, how did you find this show? Um. Well, uh, not to be like too advertising for a different podcast, but I used to listen to, uh, and you were on it, uh, Canary Tribe. Yes, um, I was. And, yeah. They and, were supposed yeah, to have like me on on a future show, but it never happened. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, they don't put out very many. Um, I've noticed that. But anyways, yeah. uh, you're going to laugh, but I was sitting on top of a chicken coop that I was making for like a family close to here. And I was like, who is this hysterical dude talking? Because it was like you and Luke. And you had me laughing so hard, I had to come down from the roof. (laughs) But I cannot remember what episode it was. But it was an old one, man. Yeah. Yeah, Luke does not realize the... uh... The, the sheer it's, power it's that he cult- had on this show. <laughs> His you know? cultural I, impact. Yes. Yes. I know. <laughs> I'm friends with him on Facebook, though. I, yeah, I noticed you, you guys. You, you guys. You guys talk a lot. I've, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I actually only live like two buildings down from Luke, and I hardly see him. So I, I, I kind of yeah, feel I mean, you, it man. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> it happens in life. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. It does. It does. It does. But. Uh, you have some interesting personal experiences, and uh, I kind of want to get into that a little bit. Sure. Uh, you want me to just kind of rattle off some? Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, you you were recently Look. on Strange Familiars with our right. good friend Tim Renner, and uh-huh. you talked about an experience that you had as a, I guess, were you, were you, were you little? Were you a child at the time? 
that you saw something in a no, window? I wasn't, yeah, I was I was younger than like thirteen. Okay, but I, I mean, so, but I wasn't like five. Gotcha. So I don't know. It's kind of a. I was up there so much in Michigan when I was little, and you know, up until my teens, that I don't. It's hard to remember exactly specific. Okay. You want to hear that story real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell it. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So we're up. Uh, my grand grandma and grandpa lived uh, up in northern Michigan. It's still in the main part of Michigan. Uh, maybe Rob knows where Oscoda County is. I'm sure it's somewhere and, on the um, mitten, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like on the. It's like the second knuckle of the middle finger, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, so we would all go up there. Like, I have a big, big family, and that was kind of like our gathering spot uh, during the summers. Um, and so, like, when the family was there, there's like a bunch of bedrooms. And when the family was all there, like, uh, on the main floor, I would sleep in like the living room on a couch. And then my parents were in a living room or in a bedroom, like down the hall from me, but not real far, like probably about seven steps away. Um, and then that living room where I slept on the couch was all open to the dining room. And then there's like a big, two big picture windows. And one night, um, you know, it was, I, I don't know for sure, but I know it was like, you know, middle of the night, everybody is sleep sound in the house. And I woke up and I was awake. And when I look out the window, my grandmother's brother lived up there too. I should have said that. Um, and he slept in the basement of this place, kind of different, um, he was probably in his 70s. And I thought I saw him, like, standing in the window, but on the outside of the house, looking in. But then I realized I saw two of them. And then I realized from the face it wasn't my uncle. And he had, like, a kind of a yellow, you know, tobacco-stained-looking, kind of smoky yellow, like, flannel shirt. But there was two of the same guy, and they were talking to each other mm -hmm. and like moving their arms like real emphatically you know as they were i guess talking it, it looked like they were like almost miming to each other mm. and i you know i kind of looked real close and then they like they turned so they both turned at the same time and then i saw their face absolutely knowing that it wasn't my uncle or my, well, cause there's only one of my uncle anyway, there were two like standing right next to each other, but their face was doing this like circular, uh, weird neck motion that like, uh, like the barn owls do. Cause like I used to watch a lot of nature shows when I was little and that barn owl like motion wigged me out like the, their face. So I turned quickly to look over the, kind of the, over the couch to like make sure I didn't trip over a bunch of stuff because it was kind of a cluttered house <laughs> um, to get to my parents' bedroom. And so I, I turned, looked over my shoulder. When I looked back, they were gone. And that's it. It was really, uh, I mean, I, I, 
And they I were, you said they like, were wearing the same guy. thing? They were wearing the same thing? It was the yeah, same guy? Yeah, like, I didn't see, like, their pants, but the same shirt. It was, yeah. like, the same guy, but two of them. Hmm. They're clean-shaven. They were elderly. It was kind of dark, so I, I can't quite remember if they had, like, hats on or if they just had, like, black hair. They were wearing, like, a ball cap or cowboy hat or anything. Uh... And it was just super weird because my uncle was like super like shiny bald. So, and, and I knew it wasn't him because it wasn't his face. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd been like eh, Delbert, whatever. But that's just what your initial impression like, oh, it's my uncle. Oh, shit. No, it ain't. Yeah, right. It, it scared me. And then when they both turned right at me, um, they're, they're, they stopped moving their arms. Their arms went down their side, and then their heads were, like, making a circular pattern like it wasn't even attached to their neck. Like it was kind of absurd or kind of like, animal or mechanical, like a weird little twitch. Fluid. Like it was too fluid to be a person doing that. That's, you know? uh, I don't yeah. know. Kind of reminds me of the I, uh, creatures in, like, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's textbook, though, you know. That's what yeah. strange things like that they come through in an absurd <laughs> yeah. way that was very bizarre um so that was that um i don't know if i had too many other experiences up there i do remember uh this one time when i was young um now this i was probably like eight they lived on top of this really big hill and in the winter we go sledding down it and Grandpa put, like, a big light on the top of the hill, and it shined down. In, and so, like, this hill was, like, I don't know how to describe how big it was. Maybe it was, like, an acre, but, like, the center of it was raised up to be a steep hill. And then uh, there was yet another acre of flat, and then it just went into, like, black, you know, like, pine forest. So I was out there sledding at night, and I go down, and get somewhat near the woods and then you know get my sled and go back up and go back down and this one time i was doing it i got down to the bottom and like my whole body just like froze and i was like this is something i've done like a hundred times before but this time i did it i was like shaking with fear and <clears throat> so i just started um singing <laughs> like i'm not really singing but I started singing some like Sunday school songs okay. and uh, grabbed my, uh, and I just felt like there was something like staring at me from that wood line. Hmm. And I like walked backwards up the hill, staring at this one spot in the woods and was singing like at the top of my lungs, like these little like Sunday school songs. And my dad had come out and to get me because it was getting you know late eight thirty nine for like a little kid to be out there and he's like what are you singing for <laughs> and i was i didn't know what to say but that i i totally remember that feeling and it was like that that feeling where your spirit knows and it recognizes some other spirit that's out of place or something this and was so, in this was in michigan as well yeah yeah, hmm. and this was prior to the owl face guys, or whatever they were, owl necks. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, quite a few years, but um, I guess I, I kind of told you that story because it, I've always had that feeling of kind of recognizing uh, an energy, but I'm not trying to say like everywhere I go, I'm like this impact. But there's certain times in my life when I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, there was something there and I knew it. Yeah, you like, rec- you recognize yeah. another presence. Yeah, it was like a red alert in my spirit. Well, but it, not comforting. It makes me think about all those woods that are up there and how mm-hmm. that, um, you know, all these dog man stories and about Wisconsin yeah. and about Michigan. And you, you, you kind of see that that's kind of like the locus of that, even though it's all over the country. But it uh-huh. makes me think about things like the Native Americans talked about, like the Wendigo and those type of spirits of the woods. And, you know, I think there's something, well, I, think, I think there's something there. Yeah. Well, even Jesus talked about, you know, in the desert, I mean, or, or even yeah. in the, the Old Testament, it talked about yeah. the desert, the wilderness. Um <laughs> And then, and then as as oh, Europeans well. <laughs> too, as Europeans, the people who, who colonized this place and uh, people who had homesteads and were out on the frontier, I mean, it was, you know, it, it was uh, your, you, you know, it was you against nature and, you know, it was a whole new, mm-hmm. I think a kind of like a rediscovering of a lot of like old ways and, and pagan nature came with that too. And, you know, it's. I think we encountered a lot here, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. In, oh, yeah. including even if that's just some kind of like Jungian, like uh, externalization of things in ourself, like it's still, you know, the whole idea of, of that, you know. Well, when the pilgrims came here, the Puritans, they would talk about that, like the what lives in the woods, uh, the yeah. what what right. what kind of evil is out there in the woods. You know, if you if you've seen yeah. the film, The Witch. You get, oh, good, yeah. you get an indication of what I'm talking Phillips, about. Absolutely, yeah. that's exactly what I'm I talking about. I got three black Phillips, by the way. <laughs> you got three black Phillips? <laughs> I got three black Phillips. I got daddy and son black Phillips, but they're all Christian. So. <laughs> well, that's Anyways, good. Um, hey, I do want to say this, too. My grandma, when she was alive, would periodically go through the woods on foot. I mean, I, I did tell you that they had like almost 200 acres. Sure. And um, and it bordered the Huron National Forest, so it was pretty wild stuff. Um, she would periodically go out and spend hours just praying and quote talking with Jesus hmm. in the woods. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that that's all there is to that. But well, that you know that's I, that's I everywhere in most spiritual traditions. Kind of cool. You know, most spiritual yeah. traditions they have that. You know, you commune with your higher power in nature uh-huh i think that's probably the best way to really do it it's hard to do it in concrete but yeah <laughs> tell, tell us about the possessed child that you witnessed what yeah the possessed child me you what you gotta you gotta kind of jog my memory i'm you said you were living in some kind of house Oh, and God, there was this yeah, girl, okay. yeah. Dude, well, I know, but I just totally went like, I don't know why I was thinking like, oh, yeah. man, male. No, yeah. yeah, this was scary. Okay, so 
this was during my turning my back on everything I'd ever learned. I would drink um, just heavily. And I was living, it wasn't like a girlfriend, but it was a girl that was a friend. Uh, she lived on the south side of Indy. And uh, she had like a, like a, uh, what do you call it, duplex? She lived on the side of duplex. It was like a double-story house thing. Um, and we would just, I mean, I'm almost like, sorry to say this, but like I would drink a fifth at least of, you know, cheap, cheap whiskey every day. It's not like working on a half gallon, right? Yeah. Um, I have no direction in my life. I just really want to be, this is like a dark time. I was also, the girl uh, was, and I were, were pretty curious of the dark arts and she had lots of, uh, I think she had all the uh, Crowley work. I know she had like four of them at least, so there's probably a lot more, but anyways. Um, I was, you know, into that somewhat, but I never tried anything per se. Uh, but anyways, there was this, uh, this this one time where, uh, you know, we've been drinking probably, well, I, I stayed there uh, uh, two months, I think, and I drank every single day. It might have been one month, but whatever, it's kind of blur. Um, <clears throat> I would drink you know, as soon as I was up, pass out, wake up. And sometimes I'd wake up like in the middle of the night, you know, drunk, but sober at the same time. Uh, Cause you know, so used to it. Well, anyways, so I hope that doesn't like, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but I know something crazy happened this night. Um, so we were, She's passed out on the couch. Another friend passed out on like a seat next to me. I wake up, you know, in the early morning hours, but it's still dark. And, you know, being a heavy drinker, partier then, you know, I've been up all throughout the night before, uh, you know, multiple times. So, but something was super strange. I woke up and I was sober as a judge feeling. But, like, all the shadows, I'm kind of getting like killed <laughs> telling you this. Um, yeah, all the shadows yeah. in this house were like 50 times darker than normal. Like hmm. it didn't feel right. Like the room felt kind of crooked in a weird way. Like a feeling, not like visually crooked. Okay. And <clears throat> I, something just told me to go check on the, oh, she had a daughter. I'm sorry. And she was up on the second and she was sleeping and something told me hey go check on you know this young girl uh i started up the stairs and um these stairs like was against the wall of the other side of the house that nobody lived in and i was walking up these stairs um i just felt more and more pressure like like an air pressure heaviness and at the top of the stairs, you take an immediate left, and you would be standing right in the doorway of this girl's room. And she has, like, a nightlight on. So I get up to the top of the stairs. I take that left. And right as I look into the room, she's laying on her back. 
she bends completely like 90 degrees, her back's flat, oh, and geez. lets out this crazy loud scream. And she had this, uh, like a shelf mounted to the wall above her bed with like little kid knickknacks all over it. Uh-huh. This thing explodes off the wall. Stuff goes everywhere. And she just starts like, ugh. So she screams. And then just starts crying and screaming that there's glass all in her bed. Well, like, she's under the covers. So, of course, Mom, you know, rambles up the stairs. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, hey, you know, she's saying her legs are cut and stuff. And then there's glass in her bed. Well, this debris that came off the shelf, you know, landed on top of the covers. And then we, you know, got the covers back. There wasn't any. any the bed sheets, but she had cut like, I mean, not like hundreds of them, but I don't know, six shallow scratch cuts that were just ready to bleed, not quite bleeding. And so I'm like, what is this? And she's like, uh, the, the mom is like, oh, you know, so-and-so has night terror all this time. <laughs> I hadn't witnessed any of this, like, young kids screaming. Yeah. Uh, in the time I was there. But the next day, that uh, girl went off to work. And, like, you know, took the kid to the babysitter. I packed everything, grabbed my cat, and I was out of there. And I left. And, and actually, I went straight to my parents' church and just posted up in the uh, parking lot until someone showed up. And I was like, dude, I need a place to live. <laughs> so I completely lost touch with that little family, but. That so was scary, man. That affected you so profoundly that that kind of changed your viewpoint yeah, on everything. You know, I'm not, dude, yeah. I mean, that's like a scare straight. <laughs> yeah. I have never thought more clearly. Now, I'm not saying I was perfect from that day on. Sure. But my heart was like, you get back to your father, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I did. Yeah, I, I I can imagine <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that same feeling when I woke up and saw those. The, I'm not saying I saw any shadows moving, but those shadows, like under the table, behind the curtain, were such an inky darkness mm-hmm. that that same feeling that I had was that same feeling when I was little. You know, staring at that one spot in the woods. You know, it makes me so, wonder about that house that you were in and that being kind of this house where everybody was drinking and partying mm-hmm. and, you know, that that, 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 that that negativity and that darkness just kind of fed on all of that and became I manifest in that room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, I mean, I can only imagine. I, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. What's next? <laughs> well, I mean, are there any questions that you get that you got for us? I mean Um I'm trying to think. What uh what happened to Thad McCracken? <laughs> what happened to Thad McCracken? <laughs> <laughs> I almost got in a wreck the other day listening to that, I guess. Uh <laughs> I heard you wanted to hear Rob do the dog man. Dude, that <laughs> would can, be so funny. Maybe I can make a beat for him. It'll sound like, be like the Bart man. 
I'm, that was, I don't know what it was about last episode, but that was so funny. I, I mean, you guys, was good, good chemistry going on there. Yeah. I was dying. But uh, um, I don't really have, like, too many serious questions. I do have to ask you, uh, Adam. Sure. As I know you identify as a Christian. Yeah. Um, have you, you know, you went to the, I don't know what it was, but that ritual deal that you kind of like observed. Yeah. Have you had any other weird lingering things or no, 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 I really been jostled. (laughs) No, I really, I really haven't. I really haven't. Um, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, I mean, I, I, I'll admit I was kind of participant in the proceedings, but in the same time, Mm When you're doing that, I kind of feel like just an observer as well. If that's if that makes if that right. makes sense, because I don't know really what's going on. I mean, you know, it's weird because I believe in a spiritual world, but at the same time, I'm also very skeptical, and I don't mm-hmm. know whether what's going on is really a spiritual thing or whether it's something that is uh, psychological yeah. in in makeup. Exactly. Um, so yeah. it's 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 real it's real hard. I mean, you know. But it doesn't sound like you got a negative impression. You know? No, I really didn't. I really didn't get a negative impression right. after it. Um, I re- it really didn't linger with me after, um, positively yeah. or negatively, really. Uh, it's huh. uh, you know, it, it to me, almost I just felt like it was just another form of belief. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't feel like there was anything really evil or, or right. I, I think well, I did I feel some, yeah, I didn't mean to suggest that. But, sure. No, no. I, I felt like there was some kind of trep. you know, I did feel some kind of trepidation of whether I should do this. I mean, definitely I've been in other mm-hmm. situations where I felt trepidatious, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just where the, the intention of the person lies, you know, um, right. you know, Ren is a pretty that's, that's decent guy and, uh, I think he's pretty serious about what he's doing. So, huh? but I think, you know, just that religious aspect of it as well. Now, you know, I, I can't speak for the other guys in the room though. Right. And it was a angelic, um, it was, a, it was angelic and not demonic. He also does demonic <laughs> conjurings. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was minute. the thing. May, that was the thing maybe that for me. Yeah. That uh-huh. he said that it was the angel Gabriel, and of course, front loaded into my mind is thinking of Gabriel from a Christian aspect. Sure. So maybe I didn't think that you know maybe he if he said it was Asmodeus, <laughs> I might be a little yeah, bit right, more right. Uh, you know like, oh, wait a minute guys I don't know if I can go through with this right, but right. I'll be in the lobby yeah yeah, yeah. but I, I do have to wonder what the person next door thought. Oh yeah, man. At two thirty right. in the morning, as it was thundering and lightning, hey, and that, dogs were barking. Few, if you have a few minutes, yeah. Um, I, I you said that in the podcast, and it reminded me of something, um, of like ritual spillover, and I had told a story about on on the other show on, on a Tim about when my wife and I were. Uh, it was like right around Christmas, might have been Christmas Eve. We were just sitting in our living room in our apartment, and we both absolutely felt, and my wife says she even saw like a black thing in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And 
I've had, and I even did think at the time, really, that somebody was doing something that day, and it was almost like it spilled over into our apartment. And uh, so, I don't know. It's weird. Um, and the well, reaction it to... It could be. Huh? It could be. Yeah, like the reaction to it real fast was, um, you know, we, I kind of prayed, like, within myself, not really out loud, and, and the answer was just make yourself like my child and I'll protect you. And yeah. so we made some little animals out of clay and listened to some Johnny Cash Christ, Christian Christmas music. <laughs> well, but, uh, that's the thing. Yeah, is- I don't know. I, I know that that came from somewhere, like, in that apartment building. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's something you just know, but whatever. Putting well, yourself in some kind of... Putting yourself in some kind of positive um, realm, I think, is good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think that this stuff, man, I mean, honestly, I think that it's all energy. And I think that we, you know, I mean, the energy itself, electricity r- runs on negative and positive, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. negative ions, positive ions. So if we think about our own kind of mental or psychic kind of energy then I think it would probably work on the same kind of principle, that there's a negative um, and there's a positive. And, you know, we can interpret that how we want as being good or evil. It may be more of a neutral kind of energy. But I definitely Mm -hmm. do think that in those cases where there there are negative energies that feed on us, I think we can feel it. I think that it's palpable. And I think when you do something like you listen to the Johnny Cash Christian album, you know, yeah. you can, you, you yeah. know, just like that's positive for you. And, you know, you, you wipe those things out. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's very easy for us to kind of come to this conclusion of just like, well, this is all a demonic thing, but I think that's just a word, honestly. And I think it's just, you know, the negative stuff we, you know, we can. I agree with our last guest. We can kind of defeat that if we if we really put our minds to it. Um, you know, the negative stuff can really prey on you, and it's really a it's really a vicious kind of cycle. And like like you're talking about the spillover stuff, it makes me think that you know a lot of when when a lot of people experience some kind of other presence, they'll very often say that it feels just like it was passing through. Yeah. Or when you see yeah. it and it recognizes you, it's like, oh, shit, what are yeah. you doing? Oh, what yeah. am I doing yeah. here? Oh, That's, boom, gone. You know what, you're right on the money there was that it felt like it, it was like, what are you doing here? Because this is a, the right apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's it's, it's good that it. that seems to be a lot of negative experiences happen like that and it's just passing through and gone. You know, It's better than <laughs> right. a, place, a place being inhabited, you know. Right. For all you know, somebody was messing with something on the other side of the wall. Yeah, you know, and I think that's yeah, I, man. I think we that's, had some very interesting neighbors. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think that's key. Is that, um, and this is where I will kind of take a little bit of umbrage with some of these people in the occult. Is you know, do you know what you're messing with? Do you know what you're dealing with? Do you know that this is a mm-hmm. real thing? I mean, even in that, even in that, what I took part in. I kind of felt like, you know, there's a real power here, even if it is psychological, and something could still feed off of that if it really, really wanted to. Well, yeah, and the other side of uh, 
in psychology, you know, being uh, possessed or the other side of that is madness, you know, losing yeah. control of your mind, of your ego, of your individuality. Right. You know, that's right. So it's terrifying either way. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've had quite a few things like that, but it's just funny because I've always been like, man, if I just see something for sure. And then I, I don't know. It's like I look back and I'm like, every time there was like a way out of the situation that was brought to me by, you know, I believe, you know, Christ. Sure. Um, in every one of those, you know, it was, and it was never like you lash out against it. You do this. It was more like call on me and I'll take care of it. You go sit down. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know, hey, I, um, I agree with that completely. This is so crazy and awful guys, but I kind of have to go cause it's so late here. And oh yeah. You're good, man. Like you're good. Early in the morning. Yeah. No, that's cool. It's a good so, time, man. Thanks. Yeah. Well, Jedediah, thank you hey, so much, man. Thank you for coming on the absolutely. show and talking to us. I mean, this it's always awesome to talk to a fan of the show, and and uh, I think that, you know, you yourself bring a lot to the table with your experiences. Well, the goats and I here in Indiana today. God bless you guys, and keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, All bro. right, sir. Thank you so much. All right. We'll stay on the All line right. for us real quick. We're going to close this section out, okay, and we'll cool. be back to close out the show this time on Conspiranormal. Got my biotech alien download, dog. <laughs> this has been a very special episode of Conspiracy Normal, guys. I hope that you understand that. <laughs> you got really the price of two for one on this one. Um, yeah. I really want you to, you know, appreciate what we bring to the table here. So, Serfio, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, quite the wild ride there. That was, I mean, as far as what's most recently on my mind, it was cool talking to one of our favorite listeners. Yeah. Um, and before that, um, that, that was, uh, we ran quite the gamut. Yes, we did. To say the least. Yes, we did. I mean, that was, uh. We, I mean, we, we like to remain open and just let people express themselves for the most part, so. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty far out. And try to ask as many questions as we can whenever we can. Um, so. But we like having an open forum, you know, with some kind of yeah limits. That's what it is. And uh, we've had some uh, we, we've had some tiki drinks in yeah. the last couple hours. Yeah. So I think that made the show extra special. <laughs> I think we only had about three Mai Tais, but they're pretty good. It's original recipe, so. Only three. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've been getting in seriously into the tiki stuff lately. It's alchemy. All right. So uh, before we bring this extra special show to a close, I want to address something. 
so we've been around for about seven years. We've been doing this. And we have done the show for free. And that is how just how podcasting goes. You put out something for free and people consume it. We've had Patreon now for, I think, around maybe closer to three years at this point that we've been doing that. And Patreon has been rather hit or miss. Um, That is what it is. We're still doing stuff on Patreon. We have decided, because we have been approached, to start doing some advertising on the show. And I want to... I want to be completely honest about this. Um, That may be a good thing to use in the future. Yeah. For our listeners. Um, I have been rather uncomfortable about doing that because I kind of come from this, well, I guess you've lack of a better term, punk rock tradition, indie rock tradition of not selling out to the man, so to speak. (laughs) Right. But uh, there does come a time when you really got to look at, you know, what you're doing and the time that you put into something as a podcaster. I'm not necessarily saying that this is something that is going to last, but we are going to try it. So you are, as listeners, you are going to hear commercials, advertisements from time to time. Now, what I'm thinking about doing is not doing it organically. I don't know if that really works for me to say something about a product and say that we are um, going to just go into it organically. We're going to have just a section of the show, either at the beginning or somewhere in the middle, that is going to talk about um, our advertisements, whatever those are going to be. And I'm going to try to keep those short. But this is where you guys kind of come in. And another way that you can kind of support Conspiranormal is to go to these um, URLs that we are going to give you for these advertisements. We're not doing it on this particular episode, but next episode we will be. And using those to, if you want to buy that particular company's uh, services, using that. And you guys can support us by doing that. So this is very much still kind of an egalitarian kind of thing. And I'm going to see how this works. Because this is something we haven't tried yet. We are still going to have Patreon. It is still going to be there. You are still going to get extra. If you are a Patreon, you are still going to get extra material from Patreon. We have started this whole thing where we are going to start doing every other Romper Room episode on the patreon feed only so if you want to hear that that's where you got to go and i am still kind of currently working on some swag that we're going to have for the different kind of levels i want to get that all kind of situated and set up so that's still uh, a goal of mine to do patron is still a entirely different thing it's yep. about getting more right and you know you're not going to hear obviously you're not going to hear any commercials on there because you're already paying for it right so i think really what i'm going to do with patreon is like whatever you can give is you so you know one as little as a dollar is going to get you into patreon i think that that's fair i think that if more if if you 
if we have thousands of listeners that are going to give us a dollar, then we could more than pay for this show. Right. So I think that that's a good idea. Any thoughts on yeah, this I mean, that you want to add, sir? My thought is if anyone has criticism, a lot of this is being done out of the fact that we're not compromising on our content. Yeah. You know, we're not out here trying to uh, chase um, more uh, more of the masses by, uh, you know, trying to alter the show. So, you know, that I mean, that's something you definitely don't have to worry about. But when you are as niche and as, uh, you know, in-depth into things and, you know, like we are, it's it's not for everybody. So it's harder to crowdsource things like that. Yeah, Even though we have a pretty large audience it's still you know it's niche it's the people who've been into the stuff for a while who are trying to dig deeper and want to have you know and also yeah. we're not pretentious jackasses so you know you get, you get that hope. benefit we're, um we're still going to try to we're still going to do the long form interviews oh yeah yeah the, i've heard other podcasts where such things are just like constantly interrupted by commercials right i'm right. going to try to not make that happen like i said i want these that just like specific times during the show but as i mentioned before this is another way that you guys can help us if you cannot give to patreon uh, if you cannot make a one-time donation then please whoever we're advertising support them and then know that that actually goes to support us as well so i think that's all i want to say on that uh next time guys i've got scheduled jack brewer to come back on the show he is gonna we're gonna talk about some uh more skullduggery in the ufo world i'm really excited to have jack back on that was one of our best shows of 2017 so we're kind of digging back to some of the uh older guests that we've had on so i will let sarah Hill take us out tell everybody where they can find us on patreon and what we've got available on there patreon.com slash conspiranormal uh we've got a lot of bonus content bonus shows we got a some mini documentary we made we've uh got romper rooms and we're going to be getting a little more creative with the romper rooms and uh going going all out and trying to make a kind of more theatrical experience um just to have fun and hear us kind of talking shit so uh patreon.com slash conspiranormal and one-time donation at conspiranormal.com yes, you don't want to sign up for patreon uh but like adam said we're gonna be changing the pay structure so maybe uh you know just uh, as little as one dollar might get you into some content some extra episodes i know that's how i started down this conspiranormal path <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for listening as always and uh, we love you and we'll be back on Conspiranormal. My ties.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.